Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Clive Urquhart. Well, it's great to be together again uh, this morning. I hope you guys are doing well in your homes. Uh, A big welcome again to everybody across all the congregations locally and to other churches that are joining in with our Sunday morning uh, online service. A big welcome to you guys as well. Uh, This is a great time to really plug into Jesus in the midst of everything going on. So before we get into this morning's uh, message, let's just do a little recap of uh, what God was saying to us last week and what we've been seeking to live in the good of uh, in our own lives at this time. And uh, such a timely message last week about His Lordship in our homes because uh, we know that with the increase of, uh, of the lockdown and stay-at-home message from the government, uh, hopefully you're not in cabin fever yet and everything's sort of going mad, you know, in your home and everything. Uh, let's continue just to really pull on his grace and uh, pull on his love and his life in the midst of the, the situation. But last week we were really looking at uh, his shalom, his, uh, his peace, his total abundant well-being and goodness, nothing missing, nothing lacking, making space for his lordship in our homes and lives in a fresh way. Uh, for a fresh habitation in our homes, uh, but also in this this moment that we're all in, uh, with everything going on, that it's a, it's a time to take stock a little bit of the busyness of our lives and how we can be driven. Uh, and instead of being driven and just busy with stuff, uh, how God wants us to really become led by Him and led by His Spirit. And God wanted to take some of the hurry and the rush out of life. And I, I believe that God's reorientating some things in us personally. He's reorientating some things in the life of the church, but also in the nation. He's reorientating things. So that's a kind of kind of heads up. We want to flow on from that uh, this week. And we want to continue on in our whole overall theme of simply Jesus and, and what that means at this moment. So I just want to take a moment for us to pray because we, we know we use this phrase, the first minute. And what we want to do is just take a minute to make sure that we're really setting aside everything that would try and uh, filter what God wants to say or speak into our lives uh, today because we don't want it to filter with the news and with the bad reports and the facts of the scenario. We don't want to filter the truth through circumstances and facts. What we want is the truth to impact us so that we see the facts and the circumstances in a different way, that we see them through the eyes of truth so that then we think and we pray and we live and we act according to the truth and not the other way around, trying to fit the truth into the circumstances and the facts. So let's just lay aside concerns, anxieties, worries, fears, all of that kind of thing for a moment. So let's just take a moment, wherever you are in your home right now, maybe just say to the Lord, right, Father, I give you every anxiety. I give you every concern. I give you every fear, every bad report, everything going on, Father. I just lay it afresh at your feet, in your hands, 
and I choose to let go of every worry, every concern, every anxiety. Maybe some people have had a bit of a moment this week with what's going on and just anything like that, just say, God, I give you those moments. I give you all the concerns, everything going on. And right now I just receive afresh your shalom, your peace, your peace that goes beyond my understanding that enables me to rest, that enables me to hear what you want to say this morning into my life and into my household, my family, right at this moment. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Great. Well, we want to we want to just look at a few things in relation to simply Jesus. Now, as we're going through this theme, and you might say, well, are we still going to stick to that theme? Absolutely. Why? Because we want to make sure Jesus is right at the centre of everything going on in our, in our lives at this, at this moment. And in our series, the next part of our, our series is the authority of Jesus, the authority that he operated in, and therefore the authority that we can then operate in as believers. So really timely message, I think, in the context of everything happening, that what's the authority that we have as believers? And some of this is obviously going to be in relation to prayer this morning and how we take authority over the negativity, how we release God's purposes, the positive in our lives and into the situation uh, going on. And uh, as we get into this message this morning, this is an amazing quote from C.S. Lewis that he wrote in 1942. It's going to come up on the screen for you as well, so you can read along with it. But this is what he wrote, 1942. This is what Satan says. I will cause anxiety, fear and panic. I will shut down business, schools, places of worship and sports events. I will cause economic turmoil. And then this is what he wrote that Jesus says in response to that. I will bring together neighbours, restore the family unit. I will bring back dinner to the kitchen table. I will help people slow down their lives and appreciate what really matters. I will teach my children to rely on me and not the world. I will teach my children to trust me and not their money and material resources. That is an amazing prophetic statement that he wrote uh, many, many years ago during the Second World War, which is so relevant right now. What does fear do? Fear cripples. Fear stops you in your tracks. Fear wants you to shrink back. Fear wants to put you on the back foot. Fear wants to put you in defence mode. Fear gets you asking the questions, what if this, what if that, what if the other? And fear ultimately can cause panic. But what does it talk about in Hebrews 10? In Hebrews 10, the word says uh, that, that we're called to live a life of perseverance. And in the face of challenge, in the face of negativity, in the face of opposition, uh, it says here that we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who believe and are saved. So 
we said last week that our lives as believers, as Christians are founded, rooted, established on the rock of God, the rock of who Jesus is, the rock of His Word. And so in the face of these challenges, we are not those who shrink back because we haven't, as we said last week, been given a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and of a sound mind. And so in these days, in these times, we're not, we're not gonna live under the reports. We're not gonna live under all the news and everything. We're not gonna live under a report that, that says that this nation is gonna get this coronavirus worse than Italy and Spain. We're, we're not gonna live under that confession. And so as believers, we stand upon the word, we stand on the truth and the prayers of the saints are the tipping point for our nation. And as believers, we need to stand on the word to get as we already are, and we need to continue to take authority over this virus. We need to curse the curse, and we need to continue to command this thing to slow down, to cease, because we are not gonna have this virus worse than it already is. We're gonna see a decline in this thing, a reversal in this thing. Why? Because the kingdom of God is advancing, not this virus. Any of you believe that and wanna stand with me together this morning, and we're gonna agree that over this next week, from this Sunday to next Sunday, there's actually going to be a slowing down of this virus in this nation. This is where our faith counts. This is where the faith and the prayers of the saints really count in the midst of a scenario like this. So let's believe together and we're going to pray towards the end. We're going to take authority over some stuff and, and rebuke some things and stand against some things so that... Uh, this God's protection is around our nation. And, and if you imagine the amount of Christians in the UK, the amount of churches that are standing together, believing together, praying together all over this nation at this moment, there, there's a resistance for this thing. There's a resistance to the spirit of fear that is wanting to grip and cripple our nation. Uh, so I want to read you something else. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 to 11. This is from the Passion Translation. Uh, just have a listen to this and receive what it's saying uh, as we read it. If you bow low in God's awesome presence, He will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in His hands. What does that mean? It means we, we trust Him with everything going on. Pour out all of your worries and stress upon Him and leave them there for He always tenderly cares for you. Be well balanced and always alert. I think uh, in this moment, I think we're all waking up. We're all being alert at this moment because your enemy, the devil, roams around incessantly like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. He is not a lion. It says he is like a roaring lion. He tries to cause fear. Fear is noise. Fear is noise. And we can shut that noise down as we appropriate the truth of God's Word in our lives. Verse 9, taking a decisive stand against him and resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. For you know that your believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kind of troubles you are enduring. 
And then after your brief suffering or the challenges or everything we're going through, the God of all loving grace who has called you to share in His eternal glory in Christ will personally and powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever. Yes, He will set you firmly in place and build you up and He has all the power needed to do this forever. Amen. Amen. So there's a couple of really, really important things in there that we're going to pick up on a bit later. Firstly, it says here, if you bow low in God's presence. For us to operate in God's authority, we need to go low. We need to bow low. We need to humble ourselves. I've got a little little kind of uh, equation for you. Um, Humility plus authority equals victory. Humility plus authority equals victory. So in order to exercise authority, the authority that God has given us, we want to humble ourselves. We want to go low. And as we humble ourselves, what are we doing? We're saying, Father, I submit to your mind, your understanding, your word, your truth. I want to humble all the other stuff that's going on around me, in me. I want to humble myself and humble everything else before you so that then when we do rise up and use the authority that you've given us, we're doing it from a place of submission, surrender and humility because we're surrendering to you in a fresh way. And when we surrender ourselves to Him, we can operate in the authority that He has given us. And as we come before Him and bow low and submit ourselves afresh, He says, pour out your worries, your stress, give everything to me, pour it all out. Because when you do that, and you've submitted yourself afresh, when the enemy is prowling around trying to take you out, you're then coming from a place of humility, which then you can rise up in authority to then have victory over the enemy, over his prowling, over his lies, over the negativity, over the facts, over the circumstances, over everything else. How many of you believe that? Brilliant. So, so let's just continue to humble ourselves before the Lord. Let's make sure we're taking time and space. Uh, and, and in the same way, C.S. Lewis's uh, amazing prophetic statement written in 1942, uh, 75, 80 years ago, he said in there that God wants to restore some things in our homes and around the table. And so let's get around the table together as families. Let's get around the table with God in a fresh way. Let's be breaking bread. Let's make Him really central. Let's humble ourselves in this season. And as we humble ourselves, we can then also rise up in prayer. So humility plus authority equals victory. Psalm 31 verse 21 says, Praise be to the Lord, for He showed His wonderful love to me when I was in a besieged city. It might feel like you're being a bit besieged at the moment, but in the midst of that, as we praise Him, it says, praise be to the Lord. As we praise Him, as we exalt Him, it then says He shows us His wonderful love in the midst of of the challenge, okay? So let's continue praising. Let's continue to exalt Him. Uh, We've put a whole 
uh, number of worship songs up and, and a playlist that you can listen to, you can use to worship and, and fill your house with his presence during these, uh, these days. I know we need to look at the news and just keep up with what's going on, but let's not fill our house, con- our homes constantly with the news of what's going on in there and live under that. Let's, let's hear what's going on, but then let's praise him and worship him and exalt him over all of that so that our homes and lives are filled with him, with his truth, with his, and our homes with his, with his presence. So let's have a look at Mark, Mark chapter one. So we've been basing simply Jesus out of Mark chapter one. We've been sort of jumping off that into different places in the word. So let's have a look at a few verses in here to do with the authority that Jesus operated in and he exercised in his life. And because we are in Christ and he is in us, we now can operate in that same authority that he was uh, operated in uh, in his own life. So let's have a look at Mark 1 verse 21. It says here, When the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. Uh, now we're going to read through a few verses, but I want to comment on, on each verse as we go. So when Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. Now the Sabbath, as we mentioned last week, is the place of rest. It's a, it's a time when everything else stops. The busyness of life, schedules, appointments, social media, all the stuff that can distract, everything that can take our eye off things. Um, the Sabbath is a place of rest where nothing else goes on. And when they went to the synagogue at Sabbath, there was nothing else happening. So when they were there, they had that their, their attention was fully focused on why they were there. They weren't thinking of, got to do a bit of business in a minute, I've got to go and do this, that or other in a minute. No, the Sabbath was rest. Nothing else was going on. At this moment, for a lot of us, a lot of people, everything slowed right down. And we're in a moment now, actually, when we have the opportunity to hear some things from the Lord, from God, that we might not hear otherwise in the pace and the busyness of what's going on. On Sabbath, you have a time to, actually time and space to listen and to hear because there aren't the same distractions. Now, I know on one level with all the news going on, you can say, yeah, that's a pretty big distraction going on out there. We, we can make a decision as to whether we allow all of this to be a distraction or not. And that's why it's so important that we can constantly submit everything going on in us at this time so that we, this thing doesn't become a distraction. I know the reality of it and we're in the middle of it, okay? But God wants to do something in us and use this to turn some things around for good in our lives and in the nation. So we have, we have a bit of a kind of rest moment on one level where we can hear from God in a fresh way. Verse 22, it then says, the people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them with authority, not as the teachers of the law. These guys in that moment heard some things they hadn't heard before and in a way that they hadn't heard some things before. Jesus, by the way he spoke, got their attention, but, but, it, but what they said was, it was because of the authority by which he spoke. It was not like the teachers of the law. Now, when God speaks, when God is speaking, when something comes from God, it carries weight. 
it carries some presence. When God speaks, there's life in it. It draws people, it gets people's attention. When God is speaking, it's like, wow, there's something different about that. When man is just speaking in his own efforts, in his own strength, or like these religious guys, when something just comes from man, it can become heavy, demanding, even condemning, and even repelling people. But yet when Jesus spoke, because he was speaking from God, he was speaking under authority, he was speaking the words that the Father was giving him, it got people's attention. It was like, wow, there's something different. There's something of life. There's something that is, is weighty. There's something that, 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 that demanded attention from these, from these guys. So in the middle of that, it was like, who is this guy? He's saying things we haven't heard. And in a way, we've not heard before. What then happens after that? Just then, in the middle of this moment, just then, a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So Jesus was speaking. He was just teaching, but he came with an authority. And when God is working, when God is speaking, when God is moving, it... it, it causes the enemy to come out of quietness and it causes the enemy to, uh, to, uh, to recognise God's authority. And when that takes place, the enemy cannot keep silent. And when we look at what's going on, the enemy's on, on, a, on a little bit of a mission at the moment to cause our nation to shut down in different ways. And as the people of God are rising up in prayer and in faith, the enemy does not want to doesn't want to stop what he's doing. He wants to, as, as C.S. Lewis's thing happened, uh, 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 wrote, he, he wants to shut the nation down. But then what does the enemy say? The enemy says at this moment to Jesus, have you come to destroy us? Now, the enemy, the devil knows that if the people of God rise up in faith, in godly authority, that can overcome and destroy the activity of the enemy. So we want to be a people who rise up in faith because the enemy is shaking when the people of God rise up in their authority. It starts in our homes, as we said last week. Let's take authority in our own homes so the enemy has no place in any way, shape or form in our own homes and our own lives. That's why it's important to submit ourselves. We submit what's going on in our lives. If things are not in order in our own lives, it's very difficult to take authority over things in our own homes. So let's submit ourselves afresh uh, and humble ourselves afresh to the Lord so that His authority can be released through us afresh in our homes. But then together, as we pray and as we agree and as we believe together as the church in our region, in our congregations and in the nation, then we're going to see victory over this thing. We're going to see some change and transformation then take place. So the thing is with all the reports, it looks so huge and so negative, it's very easy to think, well, what difference does my prayer make? Because the enemy wants to belittle us. He wants to make us feel intimidated so that we think, well, what's the difference my prayer is going to make or our prayer in our house is going to make? I'll tell you, the prayers of the saints are the tipping point for the nation. The Bible says we're too uh, on earth agree about anything uh, on earth that my father will then do it. 
So as we just to agree, things can change, things can move, things can shift. Then what takes place, let's just follow the story for a few more minutes, okay? What then takes place after this? Uh, this guy gets set free. The people are amazed. Jesus goes to Peter's mother, Peter's uh, mother-in-law's house. She gets healed. The whole town come to the door. There's loads of miracles that start taking place. And, uh, and then we're not going to focus on those at this moment. But then what happens at the end of the night? Some amazing miracles take place. Uh, it says the whole town, thousands of people come to the door. But then it, it says uh, in the next part of the, uh, of the chapter, the following morning, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the place where he was staying and went off to a solitary place to pray. Now, why did he do that? Jesus always kept his focus on the Father. So what did he do after an amazing night of miracles, of breakthroughs, of people being set free from demonic uh, activity and, and all kinds of things? While it was still dark the next morning, he got up and he said, Father, I just want to be with you. This is a new day. Your mercies are new this morning. I want to submit myself afresh to you. I want to be under your lordship today. I want to live in step with you. I want to live in tune with you. I want to surrender the day. I want to hear from you for this day so that I live in alignment with you, in tune with you. I live in victory today that no matter what goes on, no matter what comes my way, I'm going to meet it in a place of grace. I'm going to meet it in a place of faith. I'm going to meet it in a place of being, uh, 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 in a place of trusting you. So he went and spent time with the Father. What happened next is the disciples then came looking for him and they said, Jesus, the whole town, everybody's looking for you. Come quick, come on. And, and there was demand for Jesus to go to the crowds. But what did Jesus say? He said, no. He said, we need to go to the other villages and towns that have not yet heard. Why is this so important? Jesus in that moment, or what reveals, that moment reveals to us, the secret of the authority that Jesus walked in and operated in. He didn't rush to the moment. He didn't respond to the demand of the moment. He didn't respond to the pressure of the situation. He didn't respond because people were demanding this, that and the other and saying, well, I've got to go back, I've got to go back. What he did, he submitted himself afresh. He humbled himself afresh to the Father. And he said, Father, your mercies are new this morning. I want to humble myself afresh to you today. I want to be in line with you and in step with you today. And I'm sure the Father spoke to him and showed him some things that were going to be happening that day, but he wanted to be in tune so that when the disciples came and they were saying, hey, the people want you, the people want you, he'd already submitted himself to the Father. He'd already readied himself for that day and he was already in a place that when they came with the pressure, he said, no, 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 we're, I've already submitted to the Father. I've already heard from him and we need to go this way today, not that way. And so I want to encourage you every morning when you, when you wake up, the first thing, don't go to the news. Don't go to your news apps on your phone or check out what's going on. 
what I want to encourage you to do, the first thing to do every morning when you wake up is firstly say, Father, I thank you for a new day. I thank you for your mercies anew this morning. When you get up out of bed and you're going to have a shower or make a cup of tea, don't start flicking through your phone and seeing all your texts and what's going, been going on and everything else. Just leave all that aside. Leave all that aside. Start with Him. Make space and time for Him, first thing. Put, settle something in your heart at the beginning of the day, right? Today, I'm not going to be driven by the news. I'm not going to be driven by social media. I'm not going to be driven by the stuff of life. The first thing I'm going to do is give God time and space. Say, Father, I'm yours. Father, I submit and surrender myself to you. I thank you for your Lordship today. I thank you that I'm a child of yours. Thank you that I'm a... uh, I'm an heir with Christ, seated in heavenly places. Thank you that today is going to be a day of victory, a day of overcoming. Thank you it's going to be a day of joy, a day of celebration, a day of thanksgiving. Why? Because it's important that we start focused on who He is in the midst of what is going on out there. That's what Jesus did. And then as He lived, He lived in victory. He lived over coming, okay? So just to close uh, the message, the last couple of minutes, God spoke to the beginning of the year about being watchmen, about being people who are, are standing on the walls of our towns, of our cities, being on the lookout, being a God, what's going on, uh, what is happening so that we're ready in prayer. But also what does a, a watchman do? He watches to make sure it's safe for the gates to be open, for people to go out and to advance and do whatever they need to do. And so in Micah chapter 5, the first verse, it talks about gathering the troops, mobilising the troops. God's been speaking to us and preparing us right uh, for this time uh, and getting us ready for this time. Uh, what a watchman do? They hear, they listen, they know and understand the moment. Uh, they know what to do in the moment because they've been trained, they've been prepared to be watchmen. Watchmen are not distracted by this, that and the other. They're not put off uh, what they're doing because they're listening, they're discerning, they're seeing what's going on and then they respond to what they they know the right uh, action decisions are in the moment. And so as we are watchmen and God has been speaking to us about prayer watches, I want to continue to encourage you uh, during the, the, this time that we're in, let's continue to pray 24-7. I, I know there are still quite a number of people that are, are praying in different hours or different watches in the night or through the day in different moments. And I want to encourage us to still be listening. If God wants you to to pray in a particular hour watch at some point in the day or in the night, let's continue to pray as watchmen guarding our, our communities and our towns, our region, our nation at this time. And I just want to read some things from Psalm 29. We've had uh, some great scriptures and words coming in from people Uh, over the last few weeks. And this is another one, Psalm 29. I know various people have been praying this uh, recently. It's about the voice of the Lord thundering. So when we pray, what gets released when we pray in line with God's will? It says here, ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the splendour of His holiness. Then let's have it in the context of that. The voice of the Lord is over the waters the glory of God thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is 
powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The, the Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. The, the voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare. And in His temple all cry glory. The Lord is sits enthroned over the flood and is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people and the Lord blesses his people with peace. I just want to encourage you, when you pray, you're not just praying on earth, trying to get God's attention. No, we're praying, praying from a place seated with Christ in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. And when we pray His Word, when we pray His will, when we pray what God is saying to us, it's like the voice of God thunders. The voice of God is released. The power of God is released. The majestic voice of who He is and it overcomes, it breaks through, it releases His purpose on earth. So have a read of Psalm 29. Have a read of Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue has the power of life and death. So when we pray, we want to release life when we pray. Proverbs 11, verse 11. Through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. So as the upright, as the people of God, let's speak, let's declare and uh, uh, over our towns, over our cities and nations so that, so that He is exalted and then our cities are exalted. They're lifted up out of the trouble, out of the challenge and into the victory of what God is saying and doing. I want to encourage you. There's a, a link that we've put uh, uh, on the, the page here uh, of a dream that Michelle Elliott had or a vision, sorry, that Michelle Elliott had during the week. Really, really powerful. I want to encourage you to have a look at that and also a dream that her husband had the same time that she had a vision, he had a dream. And it's so confirming to encourage us to be a people of prayer. So have a listen to that. Really, really powerful, okay, after the message. And that will connect in with what we're talking about this morning. And then finally, just some real practical stuff. Every day we're, we're, we're able to go out for a walk or do some exercises. Let's, let's make the most of, the, of, of going out for a walk and do some prayer walking. I know people have been doing that. We've been having some feedback coming in. People have been praying through their streets and around their community. Let's pray and let's walk our streets. See if we can do that every day and let's rebuke this virus. Let's rebuke the fear. Let's rebuke the lie that is over the nation that it's going to get worse. And let's release health. Let's release healing. Let's release hope. Let's speak life. Let's release truth over our communities, over our streets, over our nation. So let's join together. Let's be really active this week. Go for some prayer walks. And as you're going prayer walking, speak and declare, take authority over the negative, but release the positive as you are going. Let's continue to do some prayer watches. Let's continue to stand in the gap uh, for our, our community and our nation. And let's continue to believe in the midst of everything going on, that God is going to bring His divine order into the midst of world affairs. We use an expression, a new dispensation, which that's what that means. Divine order into chaos, into the world affairs. Let's believe for that to take place in these coming days. Amen. Let's just pray, shall we? Father, we thank you that you are a God of victory. You're the God who overcomes. And Father, as we submit ourselves afresh to you, we thank you for the release of your life and your power in a fresh way in our homes, as we prayer walk, 
And as we are in communication, FaceTiming, Facebooking, uh, Zooming, whatever we're doing in different contexts, we thank you, Father, for the release of your life and power. We just continue to take authority over this virus in our nation. We curse that curse right now in Jesus' name. We take authority over fear that is trying to grip our nation and we rebuke that right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your life and hope being released instead. We thank you for your healing grace being released in our nation. We praise your awesome name. We just thank you for the power of your blood that protects and guards us uh, in our homes and lives and in our families, in our loved ones. We thank you. We praise your awesome, mighty, wonderful name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Be really, really blessed. Encourage you, have communion this morning. Uh, Break bread together, pray together, worship together as a family. Maybe do that every day. Continue to pray for one another and for all our friends and families and loved ones for the nation. So be really, really blessed. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.